Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic: Was Sniper Wolf caught ban evading? Have you saw that Sniper Wolf is ban evading? Because she has another account that is still monetized, YouTube will probably not do anything about it. I don't think it's necessarily ban evading because she's not banned. It'd be shirking the spirit of the her being demonetized, and it's potentially YouTube not being thorough in that demonetization, but uh, I don't think it's technically ban evasion, because she's a man. The people who have said Sniper Wolf wasn't actually demonetized, it was just her most recent videos and stuff, they're using third-party tools to detect that, and third-party tools are not necessarily infallible, right? That's why you haven't heard me saying, oh, Sniper Wolf isn't demonetized, I, I don't know. She start, just started up re-uploading her main channel videos to Eclipse One or something. I think one example of that was given, which is just weird, because, like, doesn't she have enough money? Like, what, what is she doing any of this for? Even if she, like, gets taken through the cleaners by her ex-boyfriend or whatever, like, why is Sniper Wolf doing any of this? She can't, like, find satisfaction in what she's doing. Like, when I experienced one-tenth of the hatred that she does, who finds massive satisfaction in what I do, and I make a lot of stuff, I edit, and I create stuff, and da-da-da, even I was like, man, maybe I should call it quits. Stop this. Just retire. <laughs> Not fully serious, but I mean, if I experienced 10 times the animosity I experienced back then with, with Charlie or whatever, I'd be even more tempted. Even more money? Yeah, but it's only, at a certain point, money does not change your life. I sometimes dream reactors like Sniper Wolf will suddenly one day wake up, introspect, and finally admit their errors out of guilt. Just a dream. To be honest, I imagine for them to get into their situation in the first place, they must have been lacking some amount of introspection or empathy from the start anyway. As I say, you'd be surprised what people can rationalize to themselves when they're receiving a bunch of profit from doing something. Would you ever harm others for personal gain? On one of your YouTube community posts, somebody said they couldn't blame Snafwolf because they would also harm people if it provided them personal gain. It was getting some likes too. It was pretty grim. I mean, that was kind of the argument that Ludwig made. <laughs> in his video towards me in, in the beginning. And I've often said, like, everyone has some amounts of negative impact that they're willing to have on other people for personal gain. And there's some relationship between the two. Like, you probably wouldn't want to punch a person in the face. But if I offered you a billion dollars, you'd probably punch someone in the face. Like, when you get a job, you can probably understand that someone else would have got that job if you hadn't taken it. And maybe, maybe they needed it more than you did, right? But as long as you feel yourself deserving of what you get, you shouldn't feel guilty that you're potentially negatively impacting someone else. It's not like they deserved it more than you. It's why nepotism or cronyism or what have you, where you get a job not because you're qualified, but because, you know, you've got friends or connections or whatever. You haven't earned it there, and that's a dick thing to do, a bad thing to do, because you're negatively impacting another person, and you don't deserve the benefits that you're getting. And of course, if you're put into a situation where you can harm other people, negatively impact other people, for a significant amount of gain, the things that will run through your head to justify it to yourself are quite extreme. As I say, Asman is smart enough to understand the dynamics at play, to understand that he is negatively impacting people by what he does. But I, I assure you, he is also smart enough to rationalize it as well, because obviously in his best interest to continue to have that negative impact. And to be clear, I don't think Asman Gold is that smart. <laughs> I wouldn't call him dumb either. If you go back to listen to his debates about Clinton versus Trump in 2016, look at that Destiny video. There's some really dumb stuff said in that video. Or when Asman Gold said, a viewer prompted him and said, do you think Andrew Tate might be innocent? And Asmund was like, oh yeah, probably. 50-50 shot. Remember what the government did to Martin Luther King? <laughs> it, was just, it was just a word salad of the just dumbest shit. Yeah, he said that. Uh, what are the, what's the probability that the government wants to frame the Tate brothers? I don't know, probably 50%. I think it's pretty high. 
like government frames people all the time like if we've seen anything out of like any of the leaks from uh you know the way that they tried to uh you know fuck with martin luther king and people like that yeah absolutely the government fucks with people that's why it became news it was just out of left field the dumbest thing anyone has ever fucking said the clip is probably still around somewhere but uh, yeah, he's had some whoppers, and like I, I used to, because I used to watch his content. I played well as background noise for a short period, like 2016 or I don't know before that. I don't know 2015, a little bit. And then I watched a few more videos back around 2019. I was, like, I, I, I was never a big Asmongold fan, but I would listen to him in the background, and he would say dumb shit all the time, and that was half the humor of it. I don't think he ever presented himself as a, an intellectual ever, and the idea that he's now in this domain of believing the sun shines out his out his ass, and his commentary is fucking amazing is, is crazy. I mean, it doesn't take much to have kids think a higher, have a high opinion of you, I guess. As a joke, no, he was It's just crazy to the serious. extent some people seem to lack empathy. I struggle to comprehend their experience as someone who cares a lot about others. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It is very hard for me to knowingly harm others. It's that, what, what did I say before? For some people, you have to offer them the world to negatively impact someone, and other people, you can offer them effectively nothing. They just don't care. That's the difference between people. It isn't the capability to harm others for self-gain. It's what needs to be offered for you to be willing to do that. Like some people will push an old woman down the stairs for 20 bucks. Some people you'd have to offer them immortality and curing cancer. Creators like you give me hope for the future of the human race with regards to effects of social media on daily life. Many creators can be harmful. That is tall praise. That's uh... I think those who have the highest potential to do harm are those that social media will tend to push. In the sense that, as I often say, if you are held back or you take time to consider the implications of your actions on others, you try to avoid harming others as much as possible. You, you consider, you introspect, all that, all that jazz. You think about what you're doing. You're gonna eventually fall behind all those people who aren't burdened with such doubts or such thoughts and who are just running as fast as possible ahead, trying to achieve things just for themselves. But of course, everyone in this industry isn't a complete asshole, but there are a lot of them there. Two absurd videos inspired me to start working on more anti-react videos. A funny thing about the recent controversy around Snipewolf somewhat being related to me because it relates to reaction content. Oh, well, I suppose this is a true of any controversy or stuff going on that has anything related to me. People will send me videos from just any random commentary channel. And it's crazy to me how many like big commentary channels there are. It doesn't surprise me that much, I suppose. Because commentary, of course, is like the easiest low effort content that you can possibly make. And anyone with even a small amount of brand recognition may as well hammer out the occasional commentary video where they give their off-the-cuff kind of thoughts on the goings-on of the day. But uh, it's interesting. As I say, though, all these commentary channels that are commenting on the Snipewolf drama don't really give a fuck. In the same way, I've, I've put on my list talking about Ackman's um, video where he goes in on uh, Snipewolf a bit because uh, the entire video is so massively contradictory when he says so many things and then he compliments Asmongold, who does the exact same shit that he just criticized everyone for early in the video. It's nuts. I DM'd him about it, we might actually talk about it, but it's, it's, it's very silly. I wonder how long my current essay is. This one's 15 pages, what about the other one? It's about a third of the way done, seven. See, the problem is, right, a person can say something stupid in a single sentence that takes like a whole page to explain all the ways that it's done. It's annoying. What are these essays for? Four months ago, there were two videos that came out that uh, sought to defend reaction content. I don't know, normally I wouldn't care all that much, but um, both are some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. 
and for that reason alone, they're interesting to talk about because I have different things to say than what is already in my series. Because I'm, I'm kind of like scraping the bottom of the barrel, <laughs> in a way. There was also one video I wanted to make, which was just like a summation of the three categories of complaints about reaction content. I've also always considered responding to Destiny's reaction to my Hassan anti-react video. Haven't seen it yet, it's still sitting there in my NAS somewhere. It's simply that like when I saw him on um, Mudahar's podcast, because I was going to go on the next week, and so I wanted to check out an episode, Destiny was on and he said some shit that made me roll my eyes so far in my head, and I was like, oh, he, hadn't, he didn't watch my main video, and he's watched the Hassan one, which wasn't made for a person like him. And I, I thought it would just annoy me enough that I um, figured I'd get to it when I had time, and I just never did. And at this point, it'd probably be easy to DM him and be like, hey, yo, let's have a chat. But um, again, feeling shit and tired. Once that's sorted, maybe I will. And maybe I finish these essays, maybe I will. A lot of maybes. I don't like talking to people, chat. I think the fact that you actually spoke out back then about the harm of reaction content kind of opened a Pandora's box for other content creators to speak out to. Just saying. Like, obviously, I know I've changed minds, as I've mentioned many times before. I've had people come up to me in person and be like, hey, yo, man, I saw your video. Never thought about it that way before, but I. I, I I agree. Like multiple people. And I, I don't go out that often. I go like once a year. And, and since then, I've been like the two times I've gone outside, it's just like a dozen people each time. Creators, I mean. But uh, I say, obviously, the mechanism by which um, the introduction, because of, of Charlie's bullshit, I'm not sure that really helped things, probably dampened things in a way. You brought the actual issues to my mind. I knew they were bad, but not exactly sure why. Which is funny, because that's exactly how I started my um, second video, I think. I'm actually starting my, my next essay in a very similar way. It's funny, I just received a DM where a guy has independently said something that I'm going to say in my essay that the person I'm responding to didn't understand. And it's interesting that just a, a random person understood that point without being prompted. I'm going to start streaming on YouTube again. Twitch yesterday announced that you can dual stream wherever you want. What this means is I can stream on Twitch and other platforms at the same time. Previously, they let you alternate. So you could stream on Twitch and then YouTube at some other time, but now I can do both at the same time. The only restrictions is that I can't like combine my chat. So on the side of the screen, this is Twitch chat as opposed to YouTube plus Twitch chat or something. And I can't combine anything. They don't want to combine the alerts and stuff or whatever, which is fine, I guess. But all this makes my life a little bit more complicated because streaming on YouTube is a huge pain in the ass. So what I've decided to do is stream to YouTube, but the only thing I'll see on YouTube is the alerts. So I'm sure on YouTube, hey YouTube, they're chatting and stuff. They can chat with themselves and whatnot. But uh, I will just be looking at Twitch chat and presumably if people want to talk to me, they will either give three bucks or whatever on YouTube or uh, come to Twitch. Although if someone, no, no, because we, we, we did kind of test it because someone did a membership on YouTube and it came up. See, like, a, like, a pop up like this. Oh, yeah. Beca became a member rather than um this one, say. One of the hardest things about YouTube is the constant need to put thumbnails on each stream. And I'm going to not be doing that. I'm just going to have like one thumbnail for every single stream. I don't know if I'm going to continue to stream on my main channel for YouTube or if I'm going to move it to the VOD channel. Ultimately, it depends on how many viewers I get and whether I think it's hurting the channel in general. I'm not sure, but I'm going to private every stream on the YouTube channel. So people have to go to Twitch to watch the VODs. I'll go to the VOD channel to watch the VODs and all that jazz. Twitch added this new feature because of me. So I tweeted this out October 17th, 2023. Please at Twitch, at Twitch support, add more animated emote slots. And would you look at this four days later, we're also doubling the number of animated emote slots for all affiliates and partners. And you'll earn even more slots when using Twitch's alerts for a hype train or sub alert. We're also adding alerts for third party enabled actions like tipping. Ooh. Our alerts should be flexible enough to meet streamers needs. So we're also creating new alerts for third party enabled actions like tipping. 
He paused and was like, oh, we're going to apply it. Close. Okay, I'll say that. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. All right. Now let's talk about ads. <laughs> leaning in something good there. Shame that cuts off. Yeah. Oka's TwitchCon is on right now. So, so they're announcing a bunch of stuff from TwitchCon. That's cool. I mistakenly misinformed people with this shorts. So I recently had a short blow up. I want to show it to you. I have since taken this short down. America has these strange rules that, to my knowledge, no other country has. It's called withholding tax. If you're like a foreign person making money from American citizens, you pay the American government tax. No other country does this. On Twitch, 5% of the money that I make goes to the American government. The amount that you pay depends on the country that you're from. Australia has their own treaty in regards to this tax and it's 5%. Technically, I don't lose any money for this. My my government considers it, although they give me a tax credit for it. If I pay the American government $200 because of this withholding tax, my tax debt to my government is reduced by $200. So at the end of the day, the only thing that changes is I'm holding up $200. Under normal circumstances, I'd be giving that to my government, but instead I'm giving it to the American government. So, this is very old footage that is being reposted. I think I'm confusing two different things. One where I think it's only America and another country, can't remember what the second country is, only two countries, tax based on citizenship. So if you're an American citizen who lives in Australia and you make money here in Australia, you still have to report your income to America and pay tax on it. And that is the thing that is unique about America. This idea of if you work for an American company that you have to pay America tax, I don't think that's unique to America. So like, this is wrong, basically. And it annoys me that it blew up. Had I seen this short, maybe I wouldn't have let it go out, but... I mean, it got like 69,000 likes and 5,000 dislikes and 1.3 million views, so... I potentially misinform people. Not in a way that's super significant, mind you, but... So I do pay 5% of the money that I make on YouTube and Twitch to the American government. And yes, my government does give me a, I believe, a tax credit for it. Because the treaty is to avoid double taxation. Other countries have 30% that they have to give if they make money through these countries. I don't know how it works in other countries, but uh, someone was saying that apparently, like if you work for an Australian company, a similar thing will happen. You'll pay the uh, Australian government some of your income. So basically, I am sorry for misinforming people. It was not my intention. Was I afraid of the backlash when I made the first anti-react video? When you first decided to make your reaction criticism videos, were you afraid to make it to backlash? Did you believe your videos would cause the chain reaction of YouTube's community in their perception of reaction content? My very first anti-react videos were against Asmongold a million years ago. The first one only was made because Asmund said a bunch of stuff that was demonstrably untrue in a video of his that I watched, and I needed an excuse to stay up because I was very tired. And so I haphazardly threw it together over the course of like six hours or whatever. It was a good excuse to stay awake. He got massively disliked bombs by his uh, audience. And uh, I made two follow-up things to explain it in even more intricate detail, the points that I was making. Had a little bit of a back and forth with Asmund in DMs, but the most notable thing was as I tried to explain to him that he exists in a market and therefore things that he does will have an impact on other people. He'd be like, well, I don't like to think of it that way. I just like to think of it as like, it's, it's between me and the one I'm reacting to. I'm like, oh, that's great. I didn't say this exact words, but I'm like, yeah, you can live in that delusion if you want to, but it's not true. As for like the more recent videos, as I said, when I released my essay, I assumed that next to no one would, would read it, and I was very busy and had no intention of making any videos right now. I said, maybe I'll make this into a video somewhere down the line. And so it sat there for two days, no one 
really cared about my essay until Charlie lied about it to millions of people. And even then, of course, most of them still did not read it, because why the fuck would you read a long-ass goddamn essay from some random person on the internet? But that forced my hand to make those videos. I often have said, I wonder if I ever would have ended up making my series. Certainly, my series would not have been as long as it was, because I wouldn't have had Hassan, Charlie, Ludwig, or Ethan Klein to respond to. I would have just had that one main essay in the, in the series. Oh, and XQC, of course, he was also there. And my expectation with any commentary video I make is that it will get no traction and go nowhere. I'm not a very good commentary YouTuber. If you want to make a sick commentary video that reaches the masses, 10 to 20 minutes, just assert everything under the sun, call everyone that people hate shit, call everyone that people like good, and then end the video. And applause. You just gotta preach to the choir in the most obvious goddamn way possible. Maximize views. If you want to have a video that is tight, well-argued, substantiates as much as possible that you're, you're presenting, argues in favor of your perspective, presents opposing perspectives and knocks them down as well, all that shit is just a waste of time. That is not how a good commentary channel works. That is how I work. <laughs> I have discovered that I have awesome fans in China. Got a DM here. An old video of you criticizing GTA's trilogy was reposted on Billy Billy, the Chinese equivalent of YouTube, and a comment of a Chinese fan saying that you are a charismatic person and great at streaming and making videos, plus a whole bunch of nice things. Thought this might be cool to you and wanted to share. The replies to this comment are also funny as fans in China exchange your memes back and forth. It starts with Matt, Facts and Glitches, YouTube, Chaos Passers, Ramble. Got 60 likes. You look like you know something about something. You disingenuous dance. There aren't cougars in missions. Witness protection for what? No one was convicted of anything. That's nuts. I wonder why that was reposted. What does it say? Oh, it says these comments are from 2022, I think. In 2021. Maybe this was just a while back it was posted. Strange. I have previously thought about having my videos like dubbed or whatever for Billy Billy, but I, I don't do it for the same reason I don't do it for YouTube. I just release too much content. It's just not practical for me. I believe Linus Tech Tips does it and they have like a million subscribers on Billy Billy and stuff, but... Americans are finally watching my streams for the first time. So I was just commenting on how there's a lot of new people in chat. And I think the reason for this is, let me have a look here. So this is a readout of Twitch showing live Twitch channels and channel to viewer ratio. So the green here is how many viewers there are per channel. So at 9 p.m. October 14th, there was 34 viewers per channel on Twitch with 61,000 channels being live. And so the peak of Twitch in terms of Viewership and channels is 6 a.m. Actually, this doesn't show the peak of viewership, but trust me, the peak of viewership is actually the same as the peak of live channels. Normally when I stream, I stream down here. Because 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m., whatever, that's a good time for an Australian to stream, right? You stream after work or whatever. But the peak of Twitch is back here. And so I'm streaming right now at 6 a.m. So likely a lot of people have followed me on YouTube who are American and have just never caught me live before. And so I got a bunch of people being like, oh, Dark Viper's on. I've never seen this guy on before in my life. And uh, hi, hey, Dark Viper. Finally hitting the peak time of Twitch. Like when we talk about my average viewership, I'm sure my average viewership would probably double if I just streamed at 6 a.m. Sure, there's more competition in terms of getting notice, but I've already got a fan base. So, so like, it's, I've just had a better time for other people to watch me. Where's viewers? Viewer distribution, is that? Oh, yeah, this yeah, shows like the peak. So like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m. is the peak of Twitch for Australia. And there's obviously not a good time for an Australian stream. Funny little phenomenon. Sometimes I think if I ever get my energy back again, get my mojo, I might just start streaming at 4 a.m. every day, become a big time Twitch streamer. 
but nah, like that's ever gonna happen. Quote, Shrek. Answering your most interesting questions. Why did I stop doing the editing streams? I always like seeing your editing as I'm trying to get better with my editing and like seeing your process with videos. One big reason is I like the idea that when people click into my stream, I'll actually be making something of interest. Although I suppose right now I'm not doing that, but I like people to expect that whenever they click into my stream, there's a good chance I'm doing something purposeful and interesting rather than just like ignoring chat and editing. I don't consider editing streams to be particularly interesting content for most people. And I want most people to be able to click on my stream and be interested. But also I get a bit self-conscious. I don't do things perfectly optimally. And sometimes I want to take like a five minute break to just chill out or something. And I can't just do that while I'm streaming. There's extra pressures while streaming that make the editing process less enjoyable or more stressful. And so I just stopped doing it. What is easier to grow an audience on? Twitch, YouTube, or a mix of both? Well, it's either YouTube or a mix of both. My advice for Twitch will be simply that you do what I do, where you stream for a purpose. You think of something you want to do in a game that you can make a YouTube video out of, and then you do it. Twitch is a, I guess is a way to kind of double dip on content where you have an audience who can enjoy the process of you making something before it then goes on YouTube and it's a much more cut down product. I don't think trying to grow on Twitch, just using Twitch is a good use at all. If your younger self saw 2023 Matt, what do you think he would say? Even as little as say a few years ago? It's so hard to say because our memories suck, Chad. It's one of the few things from psychology that's kind of unquestionable. Like just your life in general, you can probably understand. Our ability to remember every small detail of the past is basically non-existent, right? And we have a bias towards rewriting our past and our understanding of it or, or judging the past in basis of our current understanding. And so my ability to put myself in my body of say 10 years ago, is basically impossible. Maybe I have a little bit of a better ability to do that because I have like footage of me from 10 years ago. But while I don't think I've changed that much in 10 years, I can't say that for certain. What would my younger self say? I mean, I guess he'd probably be pretty happy that this YouTube thing turned out going well. And he'd probably be very surprised about what I do with my time, how I got successful and all that jazz. As I say, I never expected to end up making GTA speedrunning content. Sorry if this has been asked, but what did you think when you first knew that doing social media could be a plausible career choice? Are they asking about a plausible career choice for me or in general? I question if there was ever a point where it was really a plausible career choice up until the very po point where I had the career. <laughs> At any point prior to becoming successful in social media, on some level it's kind of stupid, right? <laughs> it's never gonna happen, man. Never gonna make anything. It's good enough to pop off on the algorithm. I'm just gonna lose viewers at all times. And what, it's happened? It happened? Great, I've got this career now, sweet. I'm not sure what year I knew that for other people you could make a living in social media, but I kinda went into this and continued doing it more because I really enjoyed doing it and I didn't necessarily have other opportunities banging at my door. There's hypothetically another world out there where I met the right contacts through my university work or something. And they're like, oh yeah, when you're done with that, uh, you're getting your degree, why don't you come work for me? And I will be in an office job somewhere and you guys wouldn't know my name. I had to fail at other aspects of life in regards to a, a normal, stable career to succeed in this one, you could say. And that's the case with like most successful people, right? What's a good example? Frankie Muniz from Malcolm in the Middle, the, the main kid in that, Malcolm. He had a pilot for a spin-off for Sabrina the Teenage Witch, where he was in it as one of the kids. Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a successful franchise. If that had taken off, he wouldn't have become Malcolm. And it's very unlikely that a spin-off of Sabrina the Teenage Witch would have been more successful than Malcolm in the Middle. More than likely would have run for one season and then just that'd be that. 
And so he wouldn't have become like a household name being out of retire at what, like 25 or whatever it was. I can't remember the exact year, but he's living the life kind of thing. I don't know if he's actually retired, but he, he ended up going into like, he, he did a couple of movies off the basis of that. And he uh, ended up becoming like an F1 driver or something. Uh, but whatever, he, he's living a great life. But had he succeeded at something else he potentially could have succeeded in first, his overall success likely would have been less. It's as I often say, success in one way can preclude you from greater success in other ways. <laughs> but obviously, just like saying no to every potential success that comes your way in the hopes of finding greater success is probably not the uh, greatest move. You know what's also a viable career choice? Hitting that like of subs- yeah. You know what's also a viable career choice? Hitting that like and subscribe button. I will hire you for the rest of your life. For nothing, but I appreciate it. Thank you.